caught up in circles. Confusion is nothing new. Flashback to warm nights almost left behind. A suitcase of memories. Time after sometimes you picture me. I'm walking too far ahead. You're calling to me. I can't hear what you said. Then you say, go slow. I fall behind. The second hand unwinds. If you're lost, you can look. You will find me. Time after time. Join in, Marnie. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. Time after time. If you're lost, you can look. I will be waiting. Time after time. Time after time. Yay! Hi, she, you everybody. Were this very is well. Maxim and Marnie. What a special <laughs> treat. Pastor Ryan and Kristen Hudson are Reed. Kristen Reed. Kristen Reed. Hudson um, and they're here today, so that's how we got to start it out. We're going to pause real quick, and then we'll no, start. No, 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 just keep okay, going. Okay, we're going to keep going. I'm in. Um, I, I, have, I have something to go to. I'm yeah. a bad producer. We've not yeah. we've scheduled like 12, 13 interviews so far, and I've not messed up until today <laughs> for, for, for Love. I'm really yeah, sorry. Thanks, but you're Caleb. in good hands, because Marnie, Marnie knows. She's like the Oprah of our church, as she I've been is. telling people. So. Well, is. Kristen's going to be easy to do, but I'm a little nervous for us to be fast and lose all these mics <laughs> just yeah you guys just don't scream in the microphones and you'll okay. be fine yeah. it's so gonna be hard but i look forward to hearing your interview later fabulous all right okay. awesome Have thanks fun. pastor brian Kristen, welcome welcome to Hi, the Marnie. show i'm so glad you're here thank you sweetie um i feel like everybody must know you for those who don't she sings in the worship band at celebration and you've been um here forever how long have you been worshiping at our this saviors year 19 yeah, long yes, time. So you came as an adult to this church. I came as an adult. Um, I Great story. You want to hear my come Go. to Savior story? So I was teaching Alyssa Borghetti, was in my first grade class, and we were on a field trip to the zoo, and Mark Borghetti was a chaperone, and he was a you know computer tech, normal dude, dad, and he was sitting behind us, and... Um, Teacher friend and I, every Sunday, would go church shopping. And we said, well, where are we going this Sunday? And Mark said, you need to come to my church. And we said, okay, where's that? So we came to church, and Karen Borghetti was singing. It was the old um, 11 o'clock service. Current still 11 o'clock? Nope, because it's 1030. So we used to have an 1137 or something. No, it was just 11. It It was 11, and it was contemporary. Yep. And so Karen was singing with Mike Fenton, and I just fell in love, and I literally came the very next week and sang with the band. But fast forward, Mark was not our pastor. He hadn't even gone to seminary yet, hadn't even gotten the call, and Alyssa was in my first grade class. So there you go. Please also, just because I happen to know this story, tell the Chris Brown story. Now, Chris Brown went to NIU, where I went to NIU, and I was a freshman, and I went and saw a Northern Lights concert, which was a vocal jazz ensemble at Northern, and... I was awestruck by this mullet wearing hair flowing <laughs> hair flowing in the breeze <laughs> amazing singer who just led that group and I was like oh, I want to do that someday. So Chris and I never were in the group together. I didn't join till my junior year because my freshman and sophomore year I was a silverette which was a palms was on the palm squad. And so then my junior senior year I was on um, in Northern Lights. With Chris Brown. And then I was at the 11 o'clock service singing with Karen Borghetti, and in walks that same non-mullet-wearing man. Um, And I'm like, Mike Fenton, you have to get that guy. He's got the most amazing voice on the planet. 
So I was kind of a stalker. Well, and now because Chris didn't even know me at all. Yeah. Oh, so he wouldn't have known who you were. No idea who I was. Oh, how because I was four years, maybe five years younger than him. Right. So he was the cooler older. He was the cooler. My brother is four years older, so he knew Chris because he was in drum. He was a drummer. And my brother was uh, in the band. But um, no, he did not know me. He was like, this stalker girl was like, how did she know I could sing? Uh-huh. And now I look where he is it. today. And now look where he is today. Look at that. Um, we all have to just thank you for our worship leader over here. Well, yeah, that's hey, awesome. Thanks. Um, talk to me about your family. So did you, your mom, your dad, you and your brother, and you grew up in a family. Obviously, let's talk about the music, but also yes. where did you grow up living and faith stuff too? I grew up in Hoffman Estates, which is a northwest suburb. Um, and my parents were both teachers. My mom was a special ed teacher in Schomburg, and my dad was a middle school band director. And um, we went to church. We actually went to an Our Saviors, um, but it was a Methodist church Mm -hmm. in Schomburg, where my mom still attends every single Sunday. Um, My mom was very involved in the church. My dad um, was a working musician since he was 16, so every night, every Saturday night, he had a gig till probably two or three in the morning. So that was dad's sleep time. Um, but he would always come and play the trumpet for like Easter and different events, you know, that we made him get out of bed. Um, but yeah, so my mom was always, she was always on church council. She was always in the women's ministry and she was amazing. Role model. How many uh, instruments can your father play? Did he play? Every one of them. Um, his main instrument was the trumpet and then the flute. Um, he plays keyboards, but he's more of a chord guy, and um, but he plays all the reed instruments as well. Then my brother's main instrument is the trombone, and then my brother was actually a teacher, is a teacher as well, but he was the feeder school to my dad's junior high. And then after 35 years when my dad retired, my brother took over my dad's job. Oh, I So Adam's junior high that. has never had... Another Mr. Caliendo, so they never even had to change the nameplate. It's super cute. Oh my gosh, I love that. So he teaches in his space with his horns and his stuff. Oh, that's a really beautiful legacy. It is, it's amazing. And your father died three? It'll be three years in October. Three years ago, this this month. month. Yes. Tomorrow. And talk to me about your dad and your relationship with him. Um, My dad, it's so funny because now my mom and I are so close, but Mm. growing up, I just did not relate to my mom. I just thought she was square and nerdy, like never drank, never smoked, never sweared. And my dad was the fun dad. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was just a crazy man and he was in a band and he was, you know, a fun dad. He was super fun. Not that my mom wasn't, but, you know, you always gravitate toward one. So I was total daddy's girl. I could do no wrong in his eyes, and I did a lot of wrong. (laughs) Um, But he was just always my biggest supporter, and I... You know, my one of my greatest memories was being 12 years old and singing Father's Eyes at church for him for the very first time. Oh. So, yeah, so I've always, I had always sang Father's Eyes to him somewhere in some capacity on Father's Day since I was 12 years old. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And what instrument do you play? I um, wanted to play the flute because it would fit in my backpack and no one would know. Okay. And my father said, well, a that's not a jazz instrument, and your junior high, Sandberg Junior High, um, is well known for j- jazz, so you're going to play the saxophone. And I hated every minute of it. And, of course, I didn't make it into the jazz band anyway because right. I was awful. So I did that until I got into junior high and then realized I could play the oboe because it's a reed instrument, and there was no oboes, so I could be first chair. Oh, hey. Hey. So I went from 16th out of 16 of sax to first for oboe. (laughs) And then I got to high school, and there was actually another oboe player that could really play, so I quit. Um, But then I was able to join chorus, so my dad let that go with the band thing. And that was fun to share that with him. Yes. And so then, joining the band later after I got out of college, my dad's like, we need you to play the sax again. So we pulled out the sax, he retaught it to me, and I still to this day make a one-time-a-year performance at Scott School during the Christmas concert. Oh, no kidding. I can rock out a fifth-grade band. A sax, sax number. Number yeah, really well. You. With maybe two or three days of practice. So you were not, you know, everybody, I feel like we've had a bunch of people on here. Lane Lewis's father died, you know, I think at 13. Yeah. And Sue Harvey lost her mother when yeah. she was younger. Um 
so you were 40s? Yes. 30s, almost 40. Um, Close, yeah. 40s. 43. Um, but yeah. yeah, so just 40. Yeah. Yeah, so it was um, very and he different. loved your kids well, oh. and he was his great grandpa, and so that's really grieving that for you. Yeah, it was, it was harder for me to see him leave. Cal. Yeah. Because Cal and him had this special bond. Again, my mother's wonderful. I don't ever want to, you know, not get that out there. We'll come full circle with her. But um, my dad and Cal just had this special bond. My dad gave him his first drumsticks, got him his first drum, saw that that could be the avenue for Cal to connect with kids and saw that that would be a way for him to make a difference. Um, And I had gotten 43 amazing years with my father, but my son only had, geez, 13. Yeah. And that, that's what broke my heart. Yeah. So when he died, we were all ex- extremely sad. Right. But so blessed because right. how lucky were we that I had the coolest dad in the world for 43 years. Um, let's backtrack a smidge here um, and honor your children. So you have two kiddos. So let's talk about them. So I have Cal Logan Hudson. He will be 16 in yes, two weeks. Uh, I know. 16. Sweet 16. Yeah, super 16, we say. Oh, got it. Super 16 for the boy. Come got it, morning. got it. Um, and he was born um, on time, normal. Um, he was actually a Columbus Day baby, just like a teacher. You know, I have a kid on my day on off. On your day off. Because I'm a good planner. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything was normal. Everything was great. But he just, it's that mom Thing. You know, you go to the little mom and tot stuff and it's not rolling over. He's not latching on. He's not doing all these things. So at about nine months, um, we started EI, which is early intervention. And so he was getting PT, OT and speech from nine months old. Wow. Yes, because I knew he was developmentally delayed. And so for a good three years, we just went on the, you know, he was delayed. He was delayed. Everything was longer. So he didn't sit up till he was one, didn't walk till he was two, didn't really speak. He grunted a lot um, till he was like 18 months. So it was a really slow process. And then I wanted to have another baby. So we went through genetic testing, and then that's where they sent it to Mayo Clinic, and we found out that he has a chromosomal deletion. So his 36 chromosome is not there, so he has monosomy 1P36 is his actual diagnosis. And it presents itself as um, on the autism spectrum, and um, he has ADHD, he has a mood disorder, Um, and he's extremely, uh, small in stature. Um, if you look up his, his, um, disorder, most kids have huge, um, physical ailments and he doesn't have any, so medical issues and he has none. So we're extremely blessed. So his is just, he's really delayed and we've pretty much realized that where he's at now is where he'll be intellectually wise. And he's about... Eh, like a six or seven year old. So okay. he'll be that kind of forever. Will he live independently? No. In no. a group home? Probably. That's our hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope. I don't, I don't think I can, you know, he, he can't even think about that. He only wants yeah. to live with mommy, you yep. know, but eventually I want him to be more independent in some sort of way. Yeah. So So you have described um, his medical diagnosis, but give us some of his personality um, or what he loves and talk about the music, because I think that's a real gift that you've given him. Yeah, I definitely um, think that Cal was given to us for a reason and a purpose. And the fact that we're such a musically drawn family and we're such a sports orientated family. So my um, ex-husband and my dad and my brother are just crazy sports fans. So Cal knows the lineup of the Bears and the Bulls and the Sox and the Cubs. I mean, he's just obsessed with um, sports. And so he'll watch sports videos 24-7. That's what he's looking at. And or um, he loves music. So those are his two passions, which is fantastic because he can relate to so many people, whereas a lot of kids on the autism spectrum will have a very you know, unusual obsession of trains or something very small, whereas his, he's been able to um, connect with people. Absolutely. With music. And he has recently joined our band, thank you to Chris Brown. I love that. And it is absolutely such a gift to see him up there 
with our little new song band. Yes, I love it. Um, now tell us about your daughter. My daughter, Avery, is my little pride and joy. She um, is 12, and she is definitely an old soul. She's extremely bright and very intuitive. In, intuitive? Intuitive. That's the word. Because she's grown up with Cal, so she's gone through a lot of different yeah. stages. So intuitive what? Like you read people she well, right? She just reads a everybody. She, yeah. Yes. She knows when her friends are upset. She knows when people are being mean to people. She's just, she's a really good judge of character. She, um, you know, despises her brother, but if anybody ever right. goes near him or crosses him, right. she's all over it. And um, it was rough because you have to think that I got divorced when my daughter was three almost four, so she really doesn't know us as a couple, but yet her older brother was never an older brother. Right. So I had her in sibling therapy for years because I was so afraid of her losing her identity because she's Cal's sister. Absolutely. And I was very thankful that they were actually at different schools because his program was not available at our home school, and it was a blessing in disguise because I would always hate to think of her in a school setting and another student would say, your brother's freaking out and hitting people and in the office. And so they never, ever dealt with that. The only time they'll be in school is when she's a freshman, he'll be a senior. But I think he's in such a, he's in a self-contained classroom. So I don't think they'll really come across each other and as in a high freshman. school. And she'll be fine. Yeah. But I think I've seen to, when you look at like normal firstborn, secondborn, Avery's all firstborn all the yeah. way. Yeah. She takes care of her brother. She's, she's the mommy. Is school easy for her? School is extremely easy for her. Uh, it was nice. not easy for me. Yeah. She's been in gifted classes since she was in second grade. So academically soars. Academically soars. And socially, um, socially reads amazing. people so, like, navigates yes. that world really well. Yes. And yeah. we're, we're so into Mean Girls right now. Like, the movie and just uh-huh. the soundtrack and the musical. Uh-huh. We're going in December. And, oh, fun. Oh, so she's just, she's so in that And space. what are her hobbies? She loves music, but she loves being part of a choir, but never would solo. Sure. And so her little church bestie, you know, Sydney, would give a solo every day if she could. Whereas Avery's like, yay, Sydney. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's great because I want her to be part of something. So she's part of um, choir. We also made her be a part of one sport. Sure. So the music's my realm and, and her dad is the sport. So she did softball in the summer her spring, and now she just started volleyball. She had her first game yesterday, so it was super fun Saturday. It was super fun to see her do that because she's got the height, so I think she'll be all right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, and you um, are talking about how you got divorced several years ago, and yes. how do you navigate that world of co-parenting with him? We um, pride ourselves on being the best co-parents we've ever met. I've never, honestly, I've never met any other parents that do it as well as we do. Um, I will forever say that Sean is a fantastic father, crappy husband, to keep it clean for Pastor Brian. Mm -hmm. Um, He just was not a great husband, and he'll admit that, but he's a great father. And I think um, a lot of that goes to his dad had left when he was two, so it was one of those, I'm going to be the best dad in the world. And he's very true to form with that. So I think... As long as we've always focused on the kids, like even before we got divorced, we went to a couple classes on how to co-parent. And I think that we took that to heart and we're really, we're good friends now and it's all about the kids. Everything is about the That's kids. That's awesome too. And do you, because I feel like what I hear is you um, minimizing But really, there's forgiveness and there's grace and there's respect that's being given there for both of you coming out of a relationship. And do you think that that stems from your faith at all? Or like, how do you think you got there? Because I don't, like you said, that's hard for people. It's not judgment on them. It's hard to do that. It is hard. And I think it's... um Yes, it, I, I my parents had this had this fantastic marriage for forty seven years, and I wanted nothing but that. But it was a lot of, you know, really realizing this is not my journey, this is not my life. And um, Jane Colley, I saw her for many years here. She's a counselor here. She's a here. counselor here. No longer, she's retired. Now. Okay, mm-hmm. but she was fantastic, and it was a lot of. You say, Grace, I just wouldn't give up. And so there were years that we would come here every week and 
I just, what can I do? What can I do? How can I, how can you love me more? Like, what can I do to make this work? And it was finally that grace. I will never forget the day that Jane said, you're good. You know, God still loves you. You're still a child of God. This isn't a failure. This isn't a failure. I know that, you know, the church doesn't want everyone to get divorced, but it's not the end all be all. Like you're good. You've done a hundred percent. You need to let it go. He does not love you. He will not love you. Yeah. This is not going to be a 47 year marriage. Yep. And you need to move on. Yeah. And that was the best advice she ever gave me. And then I was able to do that. That's wonderful. And I think I just heard somebody say this too about um, a relationship that ended and somebody was saying like, oh, it failed. And they were like, but did it? You have two children that you love. Yes. And so it was a relationship that ended. It wasn't a relationship that necessarily failed because in what it gave you and the gift that it serves you with, right? Like, I think that's a different way to look at it. It's a very healthy way to look at it. And I look back at the life that I was living when we were living together was not good. We were toxic together. And we always know that. I mean, we... A perfect example would be one night, you know, Cal was maybe one or two. He was nonverbal. He was hitting himself over the head because he couldn't communicate with me. And I just felt like a failure as a parent. And I get into bed and I'm just like, I just some days I just wish he wasn't here or I wasn't his mom or something like that. And Sean's saying, how could you ever say that? And it was like, He didn't understand my love language. He didn't understand. All I needed him to say was, babe, I'm right here. I know it's hard, but you're the best one for him. So that was the disconnect with us. And since I never got that from him, um, we were never going to make it. Yeah. Through, you know, I was the one saying, we have a special needs child. You know, the divorce rate is 80%. (gasps) Wow. In special needs families. And I was like, we're going to be the ones. We're in this together. Because we really were... When we were fighting to find out what was wrong, you know, the diagnosis and then being pregnant with Avery, we were like, we've got this, we're together. And then that slowly faded and then it became my parenting style against your parenting style and who's right, who's wrong. And I, we never came together on that and I felt so alone and he worked nights, I worked days, Mm -hmm. we weren't parenting together. And the best thing that ever happened was I then got divorced. And at the time, Cal got extremely violent. And we ended up being able to go to the top of the puns list, which is a respite list, basically, through the state. And so if I wouldn't have been divorced, if Cal wouldn't have been so aggressive, I wouldn't have gotten the desperate help that I needed. Because even though I was married... I wasn't getting that help. It was the support. The support. Whereas then I could hire a worker Mm. that the state then paid for so that I could manage raising two kids by myself. Right. You know? Yeah. So I look at that, you know, that that happened. And then obviously years, years later, you know, my second act, you know, wouldn't have been able to happen either. Yeah. Tell us about that love story. So um, Sean and I got divorced in 2011, pretty much 2010, 2011 was kind of the end. And then we were actually divorced in 2012. So it was that year of 11 and 12. And then um, I met a fantastic uh, lady in my neighborhood who had been divorced for five years before me. And so she took me on this journey and she said, you're not going to date anybody for a year. We're going to work on you. So I went to Financial Peace here at okay, very good. Celebration, and I cut up all my credit cards. Oh, ouch. Because my one goal was your dad left, but we are not leaving this home. I, I love the school system in Plainfield. My son was where he needed to be. I couldn't uproot my kids again. You know, it was enough with my dad le- with their dad leaving. So I was like, okay, I got to get my finances in order first. So I did Financial Peace. Then and it were, really worked. Oh my gosh, it really, really worked. And I still don't own a credit card at all. Kohl's, Kohl's, Kohl's. How, how do you do like Apple Pay or like Zelle or like how do you Amazon? It's just my check, my checkbook. It's all de- debit. You can do a Amazon debit. card with debit. So, so you I have debit a everything. debit card. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's coming directly out of your checking account, so, so you know that that. Ba- yep. Okay. Very yep. good. I'm very proud Use of you. Done. I'm very Use impressed, Brett Lindbergh. Don't listen to this part. Come on, Brett. <laughs> No, I didn't get into the envelopes with the cash and the budgeting. That okay. was too hardcore. Yep. I, I couldn't do that. But right. I could I could do the, if I can afford it now, I can have it. Well, if and I, can't, I think I some won't. of those programs, 
take what works. Don't, yeah. You don't have to do 100%. Exactly. I, think I couldn't do the It's too overwhelming. The no. yeah, if yeah, I have yeah, cash, yeah. I'll spend it. Yeah. So I don't have cash. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So I did financial peace. And then um, my girlfriend, Erin, shout out Erin, um, she took me to Calvary because they had um, divorce care. Okay. Which was like a 13-week course. And then single and parenting. So I did those back-to-back, which took me at about, you know, six months worth. And... I just did a lot of work on me and how am I going to manage not only two kids, but one kid with severe special needs and being a teacher, you know, full time. So everything, God had a plan. God knew what my purpose was going to be. And he got me the respite, which was the help that I needed. And for the first, I want to say five years of our divorce, the way that we worked it, again, always thinking about our kids was on Sean's days, I would leave the house. So they slept in the same beds. Absolutely. So they never left because at the time, Sean was living with his mom and it was like an hour away. Sure. And you have no time with sure. kids these days. Like it's five to eight was sure. their window. Yep. I don't want them leaving their house. So he would come to the house, he would cook dinner, he would, you know, do the baths, do the bed, and then I would come home at 8.30. So I would have, you know, girls' night outs. We mm-hmm. went to Mason a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked out, you know, things like that. Yeah. Shopped and just had my own time. And it was wonderful. Like my kids don't even remember that there was a break in right. her life. That was just the norm. So not until I started dating was it that I needed to make clear boundaries with Sean. Sure, you know, sure. he couldn't just walk in anymore. Right, right. So that was a kind of an adjustment for him. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. this isn't your house. It yeah, hasn't yeah, been yeah. for a long time. Right. Yeah. So I did a lot of soul searching and then I did a lot of dating. That was super fun. We could do a whole podcast oh, on that, which we don't want to because they were horrible. Um, and then I met Brian. I actually met Brian. I don't know if he's going to like that I'm telling you this, but it's the truth. On single and parenting. That was a That's conference? That's an app. Oh, oh, okay. okay an yeah, app yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, single yep, yep, yep. parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has no kids. So he is clearly the one unicorn that was on that oh, website. Because I dated a few guys and it was like instant mom. You know, like they had three boys and they wanted me to just jump in and be the mom. And I'm like, oh, I'm out. Holy Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that. So I went through like maybe three or four guys like that. And I was like, okay, I'm out. And then Brian came along and it was like, huh, you have no kids. Why are you on here? Yeah. And he was like, I'm 40, you know, four years old. Right. And anybody with substance, anybody that I would probably have been interested in would have kids already. Right. And it's weird. He always saw himself as a dad. Yeah. But not of babies. Sure. He's not a baby guy. Sure. I don't get it. Like Gia, so gorgeous. Baptism. Yeah. You know what's funny though? My best friend, I think almost felt guilty to say that out loud. And I remember being like, dude, it's a year. If that's not your favorite stage, you're good. Yeah. Just because I love it doesn't mean like, that's all right. They're going to be the other ages a lot longer. (laughs) You're more than elementary school or junior high. Yeah. Longer. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. Whatever. You don't like the baby stage as much. Yeah, it was yeah. cute. And it was great because when he met Avery, she was in that, you know, like kindergarten, first grade, cute. you know, like super cute and just like, yeah, edible. you know, yeah. And they could talk and, yeah. you know, so it was cool. Well, no, she was a lot older than the first grade, but whatever. So then we met, oh God, I'm going to get in trouble. Um, In 2016. Okay. Yes, 2016. And then we dated for a year, and then we got engaged, and we're engaged for a year. So my dad did get to see us get engaged. Wonderful. And our very last picture with the whole family was at our engagement party. Wonderful. So we planned the engagement party for the Sunday before he went and had a stem cell replacement surgery that obviously went awry, and he never came home from that. So that was, you know, that is like the picture in my house of our whole family together. So he did get to meet Brian. I honestly feel um, he knew I was going to be taken care of. He knew that Sean could not do that. He knew that Sean could be a great dad and a fun dad. I mean, he is just a great dad, but Brian is a great husband. Good. And so I feel like I've got the best of both worlds. Wonderful. It's just in two men. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> so. it's fine. Hey, it works. This Whatever is life. you can do. So it's then we got not. married in um, seven seven seventeen. Love it. At seven. Oh, I love it. At the Blue Harbor Resort in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Wonderful. It was gorgeous. And I was devastated because it poured. 
And again, God has a plan that you don't think of. I envisioned all these gorgeous pictures with my kids on the beach and in front of the water. And like I said, it poured, but there was a double rainbow. Mm-hmm. And that was my dad, yeah. like just showing up. So we have these phenomenal pictures that you could never get with these rainbows. Right. Like that Can't was so order much those. cooler. No. Yeah, you can it go to a beach another time. Yeah, it does not look real. Yeah, you can't order that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I love your story, uh, and I love that you're being so candid, so thanks for sharing it with us. Um, Todd, I would like to know, since you are an educator and you yes. come from a family of educators, yes. what is something that you would like parents to know? Like, oh, man, this is an ideal parent, and man, yeah. parents don't do this. I honestly feel, once again, God's plan, I taught 11 years, my first 11 years here at Scott School, I was in first grade. And then actually the year that I got divorced, my principal moved me up to third grade. And I thought my life was over. I thought there is no way I'm going through all of this. And my teacher friend Sandy said, everything's up and like, do it. Why not? You don't know what your whole life is anyway. Change your grade, change your life, change yeah, everything. Yeah. So I changed to third grade, and I've done that for the last seven years, and I loved it. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't teach anything else. And now my principal this year put me back down to first grade. Oh, funny. And again, I thought, oh, my God, there's no way I can do this. And what I am finding is my greatest gift is social-emotional learning. Love and it. I feel like... In third grade, I felt so frustrated that I was too late Mm. already. Whereas now in first, I feel God with me literally every day that I'm teaching because I feel like they're going to learn to read. They're going to learn math. I'm going to teach them all the stuff that they need to know. But I will not allow anyone to leave my classroom without being a good human. Oh, I love this. And I just feel like... It was. It's just been so eye-opening that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yes. Because they're so moldable and they're so, they love everything. Yeah. It's all in the presentation. Like, right. They think, oh my gosh, they would do anything for me and for each other. Yeah. And we just have this amazing community already three weeks in that I just, I cannot wait to go to school every day. Oh. With these little nuggets. You're such a gift to them. I love I'm, I love that. it. So for parents, don't ask me about them getting into Harvard. I could care less. Yeah, I could too. And I felt that with the third grade because it in Naperville, um, third grade is the year where they can get into honors math. Mm, I dislike it so much. Oh, hard. I hate it so much. And it would be literally, I couldn't even meet them on the first day of school without one parent at least saying, I want my child to be in honors math. Sure. How are you going to make that happen? Oh. Gosh, I don't have any of that. Yeah. It's like they just are allowing me to just be with these little priceless, amazing little people that I want to just make do the right thing. I love this. Uh, I feel like being, I have a kid at elementary, a kid at junior high, a kid at high school. So I've been through the the gamut. Uh, And I'm real anti-honors. I'm real anti-AP. I'm really anti-gifted. I just want my kids to be kind and I want them to learn the SEL stuff. That's what I really care about. I honestly don't even care if they learn any of the other things. I know know as a human, they need to probably know some base of math. They do. Um, Don't you worry. But I don't, not much. Like I just don't think any. I just don't feel passionate about that at all. It is funny because I am the I am exactly like you. And when my daughter got into the gifted program in Plainfield, the way that they do it after second grade scores, yeah. they can get into gifted and it's self-contained. It's not even a pullout just for math. Mm. It's the whole bit. So for third, fourth, and fifth, she was with the exact same kids, tracked with these kids doing curriculum that was a year ahead of her. Hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Mm-mm. And I literally had the principal and like the two teachers saying, what do you mean you don't want your daughter no, to do I don't. It? I actually don't want I didn't want, and, and, and my ex and I, that was one big fight that we had because he was in honors as a kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you've got, you're taking this opportunity away from her. But then my neighbor across the street said, Kristen, she's going to be with the gifted kids. Think about that. Her core friend group is going to be the good kids. I'm like, Huh. 
Like, I never thought of it that way. Like, which I don't do you know want, what I mean? But I don't want it to be that. She but is with I have really to good say, kids. And now her good friends are those kids from Achievers. That achievers, goal. do-gooders, sweet, kind of nerdy. But you know what I think is a bummer? That, like, where people... But but see, then I'm going to say a story that, like, I feel like confirms that. Like, I wasn't good in school. School me was either. always hard for me. Me too. Um, and I look back at some of my experiences, and especially math, I was weak in. I remember being in high school in math class, and it was the worst teachers. In fact, I don't even know if sometimes if they even did anything. When I look back, I'm like, I feel like we just, like, sat in that class and did nothing. Hmm. But it's where I was with people who... Uh, kind of hung out in some gang stuff. I learned about drugs. I learned, like, that's where I was exposed to all of that. In my other classes, I wasn't because I think I was more like the average kids. But, like, how bummer to say that if math is hard. No, but I'm just saying, like, if math is hard, that that means that you're probably not a great kiddo. Like, I still oh, think, I like, you're a great you're kiddo. I, I, I didn't follow you there. Do you know what no, I'm saying? I know what like, you mean. But she's not that, with the hoodlums is I what my know, neighbor meant. I know, but I just don't <laughs> like that that's how that is but even this is, is. This is the gift of junior high, though. See, now she has all these new friends. Right. And I'm like, oh, is that person somebody from Liberty? Nope, they're from this school. And yeah, so which I is love great. that she's broadening Expansion. her horizon. I'm loving it. Love, yeah. love, loving it. Who were you in high school? Were you voted anything? I was um, a total choir girl, total musical girl. Right. Senior year, I was the choir president, drama club president, you know, all that bit. But I always. <sighs> If I could go back, you know, and just not worry about everything. I was never in the popular crowd. I was never the it crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never the ones that were on the homecoming court. Mm. And I so wanted that mm. that I wasn't aware of what I had. Yeah. And I had these right. great group of girls. I yes. had these great friends. I had fun choir and musical yeah, guys and stuff. And, and it wasn't good enough for me. I wanted uh. the rich kid looking perfect. Horse driving. I also went to a school that was very affluent from high school, and I was never, I didn't live in Inverness. Right. I wasn't that right. crew. And I look back now and I'm like, God, I treated my other friends like crap. And they were I everything. They were everything. And yeah. they were good enough. And they liked where they were at. Yes. I was the one, the social climber that never. Couldn't see it. Couldn't see it. And, and it when did that, when did that reconcile for you? Or when were when you I able. Went away to, when I went away to college and I, you know, had my you know, hundreds of outfits yeah. and, you know, my roommate had like four and yeah. I, my mom will never let me live it down that I said to her, Oh, are these just your summer clothes? Yeah. Like what a brat. I was such a brat because you had no idea how much you had. Yeah. Cause I only was looking at the haves right, comparing and the have nots. Yeah. And then when I went to Northern, it was like, I was the richest kid in the school, you know? Yeah. So it's perspective. And I realized, God, I was such a bitch. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, you're What fine. time was that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 37 over <laughs> there. Yeah. Professor Brad goes, if you swear, just write down the time. I'll cut it out. So, yeah, I just, I really blew it. I blew it. Yeah. And now, where would you say that your sense of self or identity is? Like, how would you describe yourself or your values in that intrinsically? I love um, that I am social. I love that I have groups of awesome women in my life. Mm hmm. I have, you know, the single moms that I've met. I have the church amazing women I've met. I have my school friends. I have my group of college friends that I stayed with and a couple of high school friends. But I feel so blessed that I am so diverse in my friendships. Yeah, and able to celebrate them. Yes, and I love it. And again, going back to being divorced, I have been given the gift of kidless weekends. Yeah. So I am able to maintain those friendships to where... And up a different level. And up a different level. I mean, I was allowed to date. I mean, it was like I had two different lives. I mean, when I dated on weekends that I didn't have kids. And so Brian and I really got to have that organic relationship of singletons, you know? Right. Because we would only go out when I didn't have kids. Sure. I mean, I dated him for a good eight months before I met my kids. Right. Because there's no way I was going to have him meet my kids. Right. Why? Why? I didn't have anybody meet my kids. Yeah. And my ex had had many, yeah, many yeah. women that my kids had met, and yeah. I didn't like that. So, right, sure. 
So I we were very blessed to have that. Now he has to live with them 24-7. It's a different story. So we really relish our two days, you know, sure. our four days a month that we get. Right. But it's more than you guys get. It's more than we get. So I'm very, very lucky. (laughs) That's such a funny way to look at it, it, but I kind of love it. I know. I'm so lucky. Like last or on Friday night, I had a bunch of girls from my school or Saturday night came over and we just had a game night. And like four people at different times during the night, well, wait, where are your kids? Right. I'm like, they're with their dad. Yeah. And they were all like, oh. Yeah, this is That's different. That's how you're having a girls' night right now with no kids. Yeah. It is. It kind of is amazing. Well, I love that that is such a positive spin on your life and how you get to live it now. Because I think yes. sometimes as women, we aren't as great at, at, at putting that attention on the relationships that matter. Yeah. And then when your kids are gone, that's what you need. That's right. what, I feel like we need that now. I feel like I've always needed right. that. Right. Well, you can be in my circle, girl. No, but you know what I'm saying. I think we both are people yes, who yes. who put attention to those relationships, yes. but I think it's hard. And, and I that's think it takes us. energy and it's what feeds it's me for feeds sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, yeah, I could have live in other families. Yeah. I, know, I, I, exactly. I, I like that relationship there. I do too. Um, and where would you say your faith journey is now? Because I feel like you've been so introspective and have had that time um, to reflect on that. I feel that. I've always been so lucky that I've known that God has always been with me, mm-hmm. even from when I was little. For some reason, I just always, you know, I used to talk to God, and my mom would be like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, my friend. You know, like it was just something in me. I don't know. And then when um, I started to get involved with the church here, and I was really close with Karen Borghetti, and I was in a church um, church group called Chirp. Mm-hmm. And it was very intensive in a good way. And I met some amazing women, um, Jean Jebson, you know, Kathy Wishnu, Nicole Waite, just these strong, you know, just a little bit older than me, but a, a great path to watch in their faith journeys. And I feel that I've never felt God as much as I did through those trip experiences, mm. just hearing people's witnesses. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to your podcast, because it is a witness to me. Mm-hmm. It's bringing back that chirp experience through our church oh, I get that you're doing that. I love so that. thank you for doing this. And I um, had struggled for infertility with Cal and um, weird story, but I went to a, we went to a church couples retreat, mm-hmm. my husband and I, and we were trying to get pregnant and I had had a cone biopsy, which they scrape your cervix. And so there's a lot of problems. Sorry, listeners for being graphic. But they had told me, you're really going to have a hard time getting pregnant. And I was on this church retreat and I was just praying and praying. I want a baby my whole life. I've always wanted a baby, blah, blah, blah. And this woman from out of nowhere, she was actually a participant in this church retreat with her husband said, I have got to talk to this woman, meaning me. And so she asked the pastor that was in charge, is it okay for her to come over and talk to me? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. What's up? And she's like, I have a message from God that oh my everything, gosh. Yes, everything you've been praying for is okay. You will have a boy. You're all fine. Oh my God. <laughs> Swear to you, Marnie. And this was right when I was going through chirp. So I literally, I was literally called Karen Borghetti and was like, oh my God, you're never God actually something. just talked to me from a phone. Like, literally from this <laughs> like, crazy from woman from Manuka. I don't know. Oh my And she gosh. told me this and she said, it's already been done. You're fine. You're having a boy. This church retreat, I kid you not, was on October 5th. Yeah. And he was born Cal on was the born 14th. October 14th. Oh my God. And I'd had this surgery and they told me, you can't even try to get pregnant within six weeks. You need this, this, this. So for her, I was like, whatever. There's no way. I would have to be pregnant in the next like six weeks to be able to give birth in a year. And she even said within a year, you will have a boy within a year. Everything's fine. And so that's why when we did the, when they were like, well, do you want to know if it's a boy or girl? We're like, oh, it's a boy. (laughs) JC already told us. Yeah. So that's one of those moments of like prayer works. People come, and I have no idea where this woman is, what she was, if right, she was. Right. I did ask my ex-husband. I said, "Was that real?" He's like, "Oh yeah." And I wrote it all down because I yeah. wasn't going to believe it. Oh, I'm glad that you wrote it all the way down. It's crazy. Um, 
to circle back, you serve in our church by singing, which blesses yes, me immensely. That is oh, um, worship and the music that we sing is really just prayerful for me and in our celebration service. And so that's just a real gift. Um, when you guys sing and there's favorites, but yeah, I love that. So that, uh, I want to honor you with that. Thank you, um, and how, how else have you served in our church throughout the year? I feel like you've done a good job of talking about chirp and financial peace and other yes. things. I'm just a little advertising. I love it. Um, and I did small groups back in the day again with Karen and Mark at their house. And then, um, Brian did start one. I forget whose house we were at. We were at a couple houses and then I've gone to a couple of the burning questions I really enjoyed that. But, yeah, celebration is my home. It's yeah. very difficult um, <laughs> to go on down the road. Sure. Um, because it's just not my – it doesn't fill me anymore because uh-huh. it's so formal and I just – I don't feel connected with it. Um, but I do love doing the cantata and I just did Good Friday, funny story of Chris Brown. Um I didn't, I've never been to a Good Friday service mm-hmm. ever in my whole mm-hmm. life. In Methodist, my mom was, my mom is an Easter girl. Mm-hmm. We never talked about the crucifixion. We never, like the mm-hmm. crosswalk, never mm-hmm. have done any of that. So me being the Easter child, I go to Good Friday in a bright pink sure. ensemble. Sure, right. We're celebrating. Yeah. No. Had no idea. Right. Took a real turn. Took a real turn. <laughs> and I walked in and Chris gave me the once over and he's like, huh. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. Like, my bad. Like, yeah. I should have informed her. And then I go in the choir room where we're supposed to warm up, and I have this solo. They're all in black. Oh, jeez. All in black. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was frozen. I'm like, I can't go out there in this bright pink ensemble. Yeah, give me a robe. Somebody give me something. Yeah. So thank God Paula was in the back doing sound, and she had a black cardigan. Oh. And I'm like, Dress take it, it down. Off. Take it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. At least I had the pink pants and the pink tank. Well, listen. But I had a blacker. Yeah, a little bit more somber. Oh, my God. And I bawled like a baby. Like, that service is... It's rough. So we don't go to it. Do you I, know see, our you crosswalk story? I did hear it on one of your other podcasts. Uh, did I tell it? <laughs> you told it on oh, somebody's I did. podcast. Okay, good. I'm beautiful. glad that you know. You listened. <laughs> I totally listened and it was beautiful. And I was like, oh my gosh, she was yeah, in therapy. I can't believe we it. We don't You're go. Easter people. Yeah, You're we're Easter people. people. It's okay. Listen, I love that phrase. <laughs> Easter people. That's awesome. Yeah, so you, and my mom never told me. So of course, on the way home, you didn't prepare me for yeah. And then Chris is like, yeah, you should have worn black. I'm like, would have been yeah, a good heads note. up, heads up. Yeah, yeah. Rock the song, but we're was definitely Easter wearing pink. People. You're an Easter people. Yeah. It's okay. I love it. <laughs> um, where would your dream for your kids be in their faith journey? Like, what would you love uh, or daydream for them? To I can't have? wait to see Avery up there with Eagles wings. Yeah, I can't wait because she was so cute in the little kid choirs, and then she was like an angsty teen and didn't want to do junior high. And I'm like, all right. You're doing junior high choir at school. It's a transition. She's still doing surge. So that's, Mm -hmm. there is no choice on that. That's, you know, you're doing surge and then you're going to do ignition. Um, But I like watching her and Sydney as they watch Eagle's Wings because I know they're thinking, hey, that's going to be us in two years. I love that they're down here because I I think for all the kids down here to look at those high schoolers and model that and see how great they are. Yes. Plus, I have to say, I've seen so many different classes of kids come in through Ignition. The class of Avery, I think the girls are strong. Are they? Now I'm biased, obviously, because well, I know it. Avery and Ellie so well. But I just think it's yeah, they're it's connected already. Yeah. I think they already have so that where there years, is a real honey, friendship. Right? And I think it's gonna I think they're gonna come in hot. I oh, really yeah. do. Well think they're excited that group. about the retreat. Is she going to yep, the retreat? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just think it's a it's good, good group. And I've seen two different kids go through it. So I just, it okay. is a different experience. And I think, um, yeah, I'm excited for I that class. I do think class. I want to be a mentor eventually. Oh, it's fabulous. I I, I, I did a um, Rainbows group, which is, um, it's no longer in existence, but um, it was a group for divorce or death with kids. And sure. so, um, because I was in the elementary world, I taught it at my old church for high school kids. And I just love that experience. And so it was just going through their journey of death or divorce. Oh, wow. Um, you know, with a package six-week six yeah, thing. And it was, I, I look at that and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to dig being a mentor someday. Yeah, you I'll for love sure it. should it. do it. And I see for Cal, his place in the church is on that stage with yeah, us. Yes, love it. And then he leaves when the talking guy, that's mm-hmm. what he calls Brian, the talking sure, guy. Sure, sure. 
When the talking guy comes on, he takes a little breather. That's fine. He's a music guy. He's a music guy. I'm an guy. Easter people. He's a music guy. I <laughs> yes. think that we all know our lane. That's fine if That's we stay in it. It's our lane. And I do have to say, I didn't realize this till right now. Um, I've been mourning another loss with my father was I had been in his band mm-hmm. for a lot of my adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined his band when I was 21. And when he died, the band died with him. Sure. And it's a very difficult thing. But I think the only thing that's keeping me sane is that I do have Sundays. Yeah. So I do get to express myself and my, you know, my gift from God with that. Um, is it rocking out on a bar and, you know, being a rock star? No, which I'm kind of bummed about. But I really, I am so blessed and thankful that I have this because I think it would be even harder. Yeah. If I didn't have this... I would be a little lost soul because that's have such you. a part of myself. We have you, so that's oh, kind of it's nice. a. I'm glad that it's a blessing both ways. It is. Yeah, but I would like to rock out. I still have more in me. All right. Well, if there's a band, and there's out a there band who needs on the front yeah. lady. Yeah, Chris already did his little mixtape junkies. I'm like, really? You don't need a woman? He's like, yeah. nope. Oh, like, oh. I got he does. He, no, he, no. he doesn't know that he, he needs it. He doesn't know that he needs but it, but he, he needs, needs it. it. And now my brother, because he's four sure. years older, he is an empty nester, so he's become a band whore. He's in four different bands. And and can't bring in the sister. I No, I will give him credit. This last band that he joined actually is another family band because my sister-in-law's two brothers are in a band. Oh, my gosh. And they asked really my brother. Are. I know. Oh, I love that. And they did ask me. But they are in Rockford. So. Oh, that's where I was born. Yeah, well, it's well, a small away. world. And really, yeah. 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 And with my kid's age, like yeah. my brother, yeah. drive to Rockford, no yeah. problem. Put on yeah. some tunes and yeah. go. Yeah. So he Doesn't joined the work. band. And they did ask me. So I will say they did ask me. Yeah. In the and future. I it, it's it's going to happen. Just It will. It will. And yeah. they're good. I like them. So it's fun to go see them. It's fun because I don't have to set up the crap. I, I can leave when leave I want. Leave when you want. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I got to see your dad, um, dad's mm. band perform. You did? When? Don't you Where? remember? It was at um, that rem- restaurant that closed down. Key West. And he came, it was a bunch of the Mops moms. And he came up oh. and I said, oh my gosh, I love. What did I say? I love Kristen's band or I yeah, love or something. Go, and he goes, go, it's so cute that you're here to see Kristen's band. And he goes, band. whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, it's my band and she gets to sing it. And I was like, oh my Money. gosh, I'm so sorry. How <laughs> can I forget that story? That was my favorite story for years. Yeah, so funny. Only Marty. I wouldn't have known. Well, I didn't know. Well, you were you just like, know. oh, my, the band. The band I think yeah. you must have said the band I'm in is performing. Yeah. You guys want to come? And I was like, sure, I'll get a group of people. We'll come. That's the best. Yeah, so I'm glad that I got to see yeah. him. So my dad had a band for, you know, 45 yeah. years. No one ever, except Marty, remembered. <laughs> it's called Kristen. my father's band. Yeah. Hey, you're here. And you were so cute. You were like, oh, it's so cute. You're here to support your daughter. Yeah, he was band. like, oh, he, and he didn't let oh, him he sit for a second. he did not think it was funny. No, no, he was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but it was super cute. He, even at the end of the night, it was funny. He goes, well, since it's your band, get out your checkbook <laughs> to pay everybody. I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. I have no money. I cut that's out my credit awesome. cards. But that's fun. Yeah, I cut out my credit cards. Yeah, awesome. Well, I feel like this has oh, been great. Yes, are we good? I Is this good you. time? We're good. I See, mean, we could talk all day. Pastor Brian's, yeah, I could keep going. Pastor Brian's not here, but I, I feel like we're at our time. Is there any other no. fun thing that I should sneak in before we wrap it up? You've been fun a joy. Thing. I oh, think no, you're, you're a, a joy. wonderful member of our community, so I feel real lucky that you're a part of it. I do, too. I'm so happy. Thank yeah, you. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.